Jared Polson. I have my brother-in-law joining me today on Between the Game and Life podcast. Uh, you know, it's fun having a brother-in-law that play college basketball, especially at the highest, ultimate highest level, to talk basketball with all the time, family gatherings. So just want to say what's up, Jared. I appreciate you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. Glad to be on. Can't wait. <laughs> um, the, the question I start out with is, I want to know, like, your first vivid memory of basketball as a kid. Ooh. First vivid memory, um, I would say playing playing on the little tyke skull down in the basement of, uh, oh, well, you know, Grammy and Pop's house. Uh, that's where I spent a lot of my time uh, playing playing basketball with the older brothers and my dad. We used to play. Uh, we used to play and one where West West one of my older brothers would get down on his knees and. I would just go into the lane, get fouled, and try to try to get the and one. So that was, I think, my first first memory um, of basketball. I uh, so you have some old footage at, at the house of you playing in like like the uh, Southland leagues, and yes. you might have been like six or seven, five, six or seven, one of those ages. <laughs> but you were just like dribbling through everybody, hitting threes, shooting layups. <laughs> It's actually really incredible footage for from someone that's so young. So, like, even though that's your first memory of playing basketball, like, do you have do you know like when the game clicked? Because like, even at a young age, it just seemed like natural to you almost. Yeah, uh, it really did come at a young age. I mean, I I started. I guess I played in my first league in first grade, um, but. I mean, I played with, you know, I've got two older brothers, so I played with them all the time, even before then. But yeah, the first, first league I ever played in, it just, it just clicked. I just loved basketball for some reason from an early age and just didn't really practice that much. Just went out there and <laughs> knew how to dribble, shoot, layups, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I would say probably around first grade is when I think, you know, it, it clicked. I mean, obviously there's progressions to it all, but I just love basketball. I'd watch it all like when kids would, I don't know what, I don't know what normal kids do when they're five or six, but like all I want to do is play and watch basketball. So I was, I was kind of weird. Um, as you started to grow, I mean, as you started to get older, were there any players in Jessamine County that you looked up to that you, that you knew about? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I always, I always think of Michael Spann. Uh, he was kind of that first person that I like really remembered. He was probably five or six grades above me. Um, but he was like the, the point guard and was really good. Uh, ended up playing at Asbury. Really pretty much everyone that Eric, my older brother, played with, I would look up to them uh, just because they were a few grades older than me and would play a lot with them kind of in our backyard and our uh blacktop pavement porch court so really anyone you know Michael was the guy I remember but really everyone that played with with my older brother yeah because you had older brothers that played in high school and such and so seeing those guys around I could see how a kid would look up to the to your brother's teammates um yep. I, I want to contrast our experiences in high school and this this is funny to me because we were only 30 minutes away yep. um I was in Lexington you were in um um, Jessamine County, but we had two very different experiences playing basketball. So like you were in at your high school, I was at mine. I played with like Shelvin NBA player, a couple other D one players where like we met up on Saturdays for, um, like workouts. We had like this, like strenuous conditioning program. Um, we had college coaches in the gym, like every Saturday watching us play <laughs> and then like, but you didn't have any of that really. And I remember like we were shooting outside of your parents' house and I was asking you about like your work ethic and like what you did and stuff like that. And you were just like, nope, I never, never really did any of that. Like I played AU, traveled all over, you know, the region. Like you didn't really play any summer ball. Um, it, and it, it just seemed like you just loved like playing basketball, but you weren't really like caught up in like all the other outside stuff. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, that, that is true. Uh, looking back, I probably could have could have worked out more or done some things. But yeah, honestly, it was I don't know why it was, but I, I never I never played. A, I think I played one AU game in my entire life. Um, <laughs> wasn't really feeling it. So like all I ever did was play school basketball, just well, church league until fifth grade and then played at West Jasper Middle and High School. Um, yeah, that's, that's really, that's really, it. I didn't, I didn't even really know, like, like kids these days are working out, like posting all over the place, like have personal trainers. I didn't even know you were supposed to do that when I was young. Like, I was like, I just go to practice. I play for my school team and then I go home and, you know, I, I you know, I practice a lot on my own, but it really wasn't practice. It was literally just shooting in my driveway. Like I didn't have a gym to go to. I was just, it was just me and I would wait till my dad to get home and he would shoot with me when he got home from work but that was the extent of my training really through high school I didn't really do much uh one-on-one training in high school it was just practice maybe get some shots up after but so your your version of training was like go out to the driveway shoot wherever the ball went just pick it up from that spot take a dribble shoot (laughs) just (laughs) just do that for about 30 minutes call it a day call it a day <laughs> i yeah. feel embarrassed saying that but it's it's true yeah um uh darius and i talked about like when he he said he just played open gym and like in the park all the time with all the older guys and i was like i i feel like today's game is more like drill culture where like kids post their highlights but then they also post like their workouts where like they're dribbling through all these cones and chairs and like you know dribble to this spot do 10 dribble moves, dribble to this spot, do 12 more, shoot a step back. Just like, um, so like, that's the kind of stuff that I would do in the summer. Like, like I remember when my my parents moved to the house they were in now, there wasn't a park nearby. And so I like bought a goal with my summer money and uh, because I worked a job and I would like set cones out and like do drills around the chairs and stuff like that. But also wasn't like that good. Like I, it, the game didn't come natural to me. I like talked my aunt into buying me like these better basketball DVDs. <laughs> I had to really like learn the game from the ground up. And so yeah. like I worked hard. I felt like just to be average. And then when I meet you, I'm thinking like, all right, he played at UK. Like we went sweet, went sweet 16, all these things. He must have had like a crazy work ethic. And you're just like, nope, kind of <laughs> just shot around in the driveway. <laughs> yeah um, I do I do think uh having older brothers helps or or not even older but just like if you if you're around older people like I I didn't really have friends till high school of my own own age uh but so I was like always I mean I had friends but we didn't do a ton of stuff together but I was always with like Eric's friends sometimes even Wes's friends playing in the backyard football basketball whatever it was so I didn't I didn't have the the technical training but I think it did help like constantly going against people that you know they they weren't star basketball players but they were four to eight years older than me and were double my size so I think that that had something to do with it but honestly just I think I think God just gave me a love for basketball and I (laughs) stuck with it did you at, at West Jess, did you guys have like um, pickup games in the summer or fall? Did you guys do any of that stuff? Minimal. Uh, <laughs> we there were I mean, there were some weeks in the summer where we would we would play pickup, but it was not not a lot. Um, you know, I played football all middle school and one year in high school. So I was pretty much all football in the fall um, or just shooting in the backyard. So yeah, did y'all, yeah. did y'all have like a uh, conditioning program or anything? We we did probably like four weeks before the season, and it that wasn't that wasn't that bad. I was actually pretty tough, but other than that, I'm, like we we lifted through the off season occasionally, <laughs> got some shots up occasionally. Oh man, this is funny. So <laughs> you went to the Sweet 16 two years in a row, right? Junior year and senior year. Yep. Can you can you kind of walk through like how crazy that was of like that whole experience? Because like one thing I'm gonna get around to within your story is just kind of like how, like you said, you just had this love of the game. 
that and all these things just kind of fell into place. So what was that first year like of like making it to the sweet 16 and kind of all the emotion and the, you know, atmosphere around that? Yeah, that, that was big. That was honestly something that like, I feel like none of our players or teammates ever really thought was a possibility. Like we're just some podunk school in Jessamyn County. Uh, shout out West Jessamyn. It's a great school, but <laughs> like that was never really on the radar. West to never really gone there since they even split from east to west so I think it just came as a surprise to us like we we were a good team my junior year but we weren't anything like crazy it just we got hot at the right time uh, it helped that we moved from the 11th region to the 12th region when I got to high school that that was a big that was a big blessing in disguise um, but yeah it was it was really cool going to the and we ended up making it to the final four in the state tournament uh, we got a decent, we got a decent draw the first two games, but just the fact that we were one of the final four teams in the state, like state was never on our radar. Our, our only goal really was ever to, you know, win region or even win district. Right. Uh, so I think it was just really a big surprise. None of us really knew what we were doing or why we were there, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. We got like, you know, you get the little Jessman journal media attention and all that good stuff. It's first time as a kid. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, who did you guys play in the uh, final four? Uh, junior year, we ran into uh, Louisville Central, mm -hmm. which they were not even a good. <laughs> they they had they had uh, I can't remember Ridge Wilson, Ridge Wilson, and yep. I think it was Tim Patterson, like yep. two UK linebackers as right. four and five. Yeah, they weren't even really good at basketball. They were just six four and beasts, yeah. and yeah. we had never seen anything like either of them. And I remember they had like one good guard and that was their team. Yeah. And we were just intimidated, like <laughs> out, out muscled. We ended up, we lost by like two points. It was a close game. Uh, but yeah. Louisville we, Central. Uh, so your, your junior year in the sweet 16, uh, Louisville central. And I think uh, Holmes played for the championship and during the yeah. regular season, we had beaten both of those teams. Really? Um, yeah. So that was, a real disappointment to see that wow. two teams that we beat during the season made it to the championship and we got beat first round of districts. <laughs> we didn't even make it a region. Wow. Who'd y'all play? Who'd you get beat by in the districts? Uh, Henry Clay. Okay. Well, yeah, that was, that's that, that's the 11th region for you. It's hard to make it out of your district. We, we were a lot to make it to at least the region tournament every yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. When we, and we, we played Louisville central at Louisville central. And I remember one, like I shot a three, and uh, Ridge Wilson put me in, like, the bleachers, like, just backed me all the way up where I hit, like, the bleachers five feet out of bounds, and, like, there was no foul call. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're in Louisville. So, yeah, he got that, he got that hometown cooking. Um, yep. When you – so, after you go to the Sweet 16 that junior year, were you, were, you, were you guys expecting to go back that next year, or was that kind of something that you also didn't think about? Uh, no. So senior year, we had a lot more, I guess you could say pressure. Um, cause we, we had a lot of returning guys. We, we lost a few of our, you know, starters or like six man, but we had a lot of guys returning. We had like a transfer come in that was pretty good. Um, so we, we really knew it was down to us at a couple other teams in, in the 12th region. So I think that year was more like we actually thought we could get to the sweet 16 and, Really, we were aiming like that. That year really was not a great year in Kentucky basketball. I feel like Shelby Valley won it that year, and that's who we ended up losing to in the Sweet 16. But uh, like we we played them close, so we actually thought, shoot, if we if we get a little bit lucky and play good, we could we could win the whole thing, which didn't end up happening. But we we had some confidence going into that year. I'll say. Yeah. So during that senior year, when did like the rumbling start that UK was potentially interested in you? Because I know you had gotten that buzz from the year prior when you, you know, had 50 in a game and, you know, all that other stuff. So I think your legend was like slowly building of like this kid in West Jess is like a true baller. But yeah. when did when did those rumblings start start coming? The UK rumblings, not till like after the season was over. Mm hmm after my senior year because honestly I had a better junior year than I did senior year I think just people kind of knew 
my senior year. So like I had a little more attention on me. Well, honestly, man, I had, I had very, I didn't have a ton of colleges coming after me, like D1, one, one college, Liberty University. They were the only ones that offered a scholarship. So I was pretty much going to go there or like some, you know, some smaller NAIA or D2 schools that I, that I liked. Um, so that was pretty much what I was planning literally through my senior year. I was like, I'll probably get us somewhere maybe close to home or, you know, some smaller school. And then Liberty came into the picture late and I was like, all right, there's a D1 that offered me a scholarship. I got to take it. And then I think it was after the season, uh, I got a call from, from coach O coach Orlando Antigua. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually my, my dad called me at school and my coach, my high school coach called me and he was like, Hey, you should expect, uh, you should like keep your phone on you today in school. Like on loud, you, you're going to get a call from a UK coach. I was like, yeah, right. Keep your phone on loud at school. Yeah, yeah, pretty, like you, yeah, pretty like much. You just, you're just going to get a random phone call out, out of the like, blue no matter trust, what time. <laughs> like, trust me, just take it. They're going to get a call. And I honestly, I, I don't, I feel like they were, I thought they were playing a joke on me or something because this was like out of nowhere. Like, yeah. I had no idea UK had any interest. Um, and lo and behold, I got a call from a random number and picked it up and it was, it was Coach O, which he's he's hilarious, so that it makes it more funny. But he was just like, "Hey, this is Coach O from Kentucky. We wanna uh, we want you to come up and play some pickup with us for the next couple weeks." That was pretty much it. Like no, no really like backstory. It's just like, "Hey, come and play pickup." Just like, "All right, let's do it." So that was that was that story. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, speaking of going D one, like that was of course that was my main goal. But like I remember my senior year, I was researching like some of the worst D- Division One schools in the in the country, and there's this yeah. one school called uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology, and they went like zero for thirty two, and I was like, if I could just get a scholarship I've offer of to them, come on, <laughs> just, just just to say I played Division One, that that's the only reason why. Um, so that's a that's a perfect segue. So I, when one question I love, I, and I've asked it to you know. Darius, Shelvin, Kyle is like, so you were invited to play open gym and you're walking into, you know, open gym, you're driving up Harrisburg road, going to, you know, the Joe craft center or Memorial where it is. Can yep. you talk about like the nerves or like everything involved in that? Cause I mean, that's a pretty nerve wracking experience for like, you're from West Jess, you know, Jessica yeah. County getting a call. You, you barely have any offers or looks and now you're about to go play pickup with, UK coach Cal yeah. who just had John Wall on the team and Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, it, it was honestly like, it was a surreal experience. Cause yeah, like me personally, I'm a, I, I've come out of my shell a little bit, but like up till high school, I, I was shy. I didn't talk like just an intimidated kid, like just get nervous about a lot of stuff. Uh, so this was like up to that point, this was by far the most nervous I had ever been like driving. Yeah, you're right down Harrodsburg road. Like, first of all, just trying to get there. Like I've never, you know, from Wilmore, I'd rarely go to Lexington, really never been on campus before. Uh, so yeah, I drive up there after school by myself. Um, it's actually a funny story. So I, I go into the, the Joe craft center where they're, uh, playing pickup and coach robes, uh, meets me I think out outside he shows me like around he, and then he brings me into the locker room and he just like he just like let, lets me go in like doesn't introduce me to anyone just like here go go change <laughs> go change the locker room literally I go in here's here's the here's the people I, I, I look to straight ahead there's John Wall who like I'm like I'm his age but I'm I idolized the year before like this is right. John Wall the John Wall Eric Bledsoe is to the left. DeMarcus Cousins is to the right. I can't remember, like, I think Patrick Patterson, maybe Darius Miller, like all these guys that, like, I'm, I'm close to their age, but they're like my idols. Right. <laughs> just, yeah. Just sitting there, like, put, putting their shoes up, lacing up their shoes. And I, <laughs> uh, I, I can't tell you exactly what John Wall said to me when I walked in. So I, so I walk in this 160 pound high school kid. No, no introduction, no nothing. <laughs> John Wall looks I got and I remember I have this red polo on I don't know why I chose a red polo that day with like these big loose jeans like just looking crazy and John Wall looks at me and then he does a double take and 
I remember that. I remember the phrase he said, "Who the are you?" Those were his exact words, and I, I had no idea what to say. Uh, I think I just laughed it off. Like I literally, I don't think I said a word. I think I was just like, <laughs> and they all laughed. Uh, and I don't even know what happened after that. I'll, I don't know what I said, what he said. Everyone just oh laughed, goodness. kind of laughed it off. Uh, but anyway, that was a funny story. But yeah, going into pickup was pretty nice. Like we we played some. We the twelfth region. It's not it's not very competitive. So like yeah, I would the competition that we played, you know, the best players I ever played, especially not playing AU was people in my region, maybe people, some sweet people in the sweet 16 or if we played Lexington or Louisville school. So playing, you know, pick up with John wall, cause they were still there. They had just finished the season, but they were right. all playing pickup. So that was the, that was the group that, that year. Um, and honestly, that was a, that, that week was a blur. Like, I don't know how I did. I don't know if I made any shots. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what I was doing there. And uh, it was just crazy. I remember I got dunked on by Josh Harrelson of all people. Uh, <laughs> I tried to box him out and he just tip dunked it right over me. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it was crazy. You're like crazy nervous. Um, but yeah, a couple weeks go by. Uh, Martin, Martin Newton, who was the director of basketball operations at the time, like two weeks after like during these two weeks, I just had no idea what was going on. Right. Are they are, like, are they wanting to me to be on the team? Are they playing a prank on me? Like what's, what's happening? And he like comes by after pickup one day and he's like, can I talk to you for a second? He's like, Hey, you know, we've, we've liked what we've seen out of you. Uh, we want you to know there's, there's a spot on the team if, if you want it. And like, they talked about like a walk on spot. Like we can't promise, we can't guarantee any scholarships or anything, but we'd, we'd love to have you on the team. I was like, cool let me let me think about it let me yeah let me do my due diligence I, try, I tried to play it cool but right that was that it was, it was a crazy two weeks I don't know what I was doing or thinking it was a blur yeah I still remember hearing the news that Jared Paulson was going to UK and like being a city kid from Lexington like we didn't I never respected any county school kid just because of like what you said like the level of competition like yeah like even my senior year at Bryan Station we had a 6'10 dude, 6'7, 6'6, 6'5. Like we were huge. And, and even though we got beat first round of district, like we were, we were decent. Yeah. And so hearing you go to like UK, it was like, like how? Like what? <laughs> I was like, like we've been playing up here in Lexington with like all these, like, like most of our best players in the city are going to uh, junior college and D2 and NAI and like Jared Polson's going to UK, like what is going on? <laughs> and so did you, but did like, did you, did you ever feel that kind of feedback of like people might've thinking like, how did, how did he make it compared to maybe other people out there? Uh, yes, definitely. And I mean, part of it was like my own, my own mind. <laughs> like, yeah. cause like I was, I was good in high school, like all state, um, but I, you know, if I'm being honest, like if I was in the 11th region, I may not even have made all, all region. Right. <laughs> like, it helps that when you play, you know, in different regions. So like in my mind, I always knew like it, this was a blessing. Like God wanted me there for a reason. Cause there were a lot of other players in our, in our class in Kentucky that were a lot better than I was. I just, for whatever reason, like I was there at the right time like some and I, I don't know what happened behind the scenes uh I my parents didn't my parents <laughs> didn't give two million dollars to UK by the way uh, I wasn't gonna bring that up I wasn't <laughs> gonna say that bring it up it's part it's part of it uh parents didn't give any money where we don't we don't have that kind of money uh so I don't know what I don't know what happened I, all I know is they wanted like a, a guy that could run the point guard position for for practices because I had heard like the year before the back like they didn't have a backup point guard so the, yeah. the scout team or the the white team or the blue team didn't didn't have any uh person to actually just run like offenses so what I heard was they were looking for an in-state point guard that would like one be interested in UK like and be okay with walking on or something like that and I think I just hit the the few bullet points they yeah. were looking for so 
yeah, I did. I did feel that like in my own head, I, I, I knew it was a blessing. I knew it wasn't all because of my, my talents. It was just God's timing and I had to take advantage of it. Yeah. So <clears throat> I feel like majority of kids in the state that play basketball, like they would love to play for UK. And so like, what is it like growing up having, you know, maybe that dream of playing for Kentucky, but then actually like putting the Jersey on or like being in practice and being around the atmosphere. Like, was there anything that shocked you once you like were on the team and started going through the day to day of like, wow, like I'm actually here. And this is like, you know, I'm now part of like this family of Kentucky players. Yeah. Uh, I think at first for sure, like uh, I remember the really the first thing that I, that I can remember an experience was Big Blue, Big Blue Madness camp out where literally like thousands of people camp out on the streets um, for four or five days to get tickets to to Big Blue Madness. It was literally, you know, I walked out of the dorm, the, the Wildcat Lodge where we were at and it's like people like I, I was new. I don't even, some of the people didn't know, like I was even on the team, but like we're asking for autographs and pictures. And I'm like, I, I guess, I guess this is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so it was very, that was all very new. Um, I mean, even coach, just being around coach Cal, like I was starstruck by him. It wasn't like he, he hadn't recruited me at all. I got one phone call from coach Cal through my two week recruitment process. And he just said, Hey, we want you, we want you on the team. And that, that was enough. So like being around him was starstruck, just trying to fit in. But I would say like pretty soon after, after like the first few months, it's funny, like it, you, you think, man, being on the UK, like my dream as a kid was UK player. I didn't even honestly dream about the NBA. It was like UK or bust. Um, and so even a couple months in, you just kind of get into the rhythm of it and you kind of forget uh, like, well, I'm actually a UK player. You just kind of get into the flow of things and it becomes a lot more normal than you think, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes yeah. perfect sense. I talked about this with Darius as well, but like from your vantage point, cause his, his is a little bit, his is a little different um, from your vantage point. What was it like to have like a new wave of players coming in? So you like, and I, I think for you, there were a couple of you guys that were like, I guess, players that you knew were going to be on the team, you know, you and a couple other guys. Mm -hmm. but, but you knew like the top five or six were leaving the next year or we're going to try try to. So what was that like meeting a whole new batch of like McDonald's All-Americans and, and <laughs> characters? <laughs> Definitely, definitely, some, definitely some characters. It was it was different. I mean, it was some like that's what I knew in college. So it wasn't I couldn't really compare it to having, you know, your normal college team where 10 of your guys stay and you get a few new ones. So, I mean, by sophomore year, it was just all right. Here's the drill. I got to meet, meet new these new these new players that which is even funnier because I'm obviously once I'm a freshman and going to sophomore year, I'm older than these players. But I'm. I'm still a little starstruck. Like, oh, right. Anthony Davis is coming to UK. Like, I've seen your highlight tape. Uh, I'm older than you, but I feel like I should be looking up to you. Michael <laughs> Kid Gilchrist. So it's like, I, I get a little excitement meeting meeting these guys, and then yeah. obviously just getting to know them. And it's it's just a weird like. I know UK is different, but it's like a nine month, a nine month you know business trip. Like they're here. Most of these guys are here for eight nine months were together nonstop for most of those nine months, like grinding, doing all these different things. And then, all right, draft comes, here they go. Now on to the next batch. So it was a weird dynamic. Um, but for me, it was, for me, it was pretty cool just being a, being a Kentucky fan and getting to meet all these new guys every year. Yeah. Uh, one weird dynamic for the people is, uh, you know, I played at Asbury University and then my girlfriend's brother plays for UK. And so I kind of felt like I was like shunned upon sometimes in the, in the family. I was like, I would never be as good as Jared or looked at on the same level. I was going to say, it's not, it's not being as good. It's just, it's how people perceive, right? which is hilarious. Like people don't understand, like just because somebody was at Kentucky doesn't mean 
they're any, any as good as like somebody that played yeah. at a quote on smaller school. That's a, that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, yeah um, I, I get you. I get you. One of the, one of the uh, things I want to ask you about, and this is probably like <clears throat> very encouraging when I heard this or in, and I think this is true, but I think there was a time period where you and Kyle decided to like put in extra work and just like really start working on your game. So like, yeah. was that the first moment you decided like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to actually put some work in and like get extra work at like outside of practice and such. What was that like? And were you working with a, a Kenny Payne at that time? Yeah. KP. Um, yeah, that was so, so freshman year was really the year I even got introduced to like, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to work out outside of practice. <laughs> yeah. Not so just shoot was, around, you're supposed to. That work. was new to me. Like, yeah. And I, and I did some of it, but freshman year was just such a blur and like coming in as a walk-on who really didn't have any expectations. Uh, I didn't feel like I, you know, I needed to be in the gym for 10 extra hours a day and maybe it's just laziness, but like, I was like, I probably should focus on school too. And, maybe get a social life outside of basketball and all those yeah. things. Um, so I did some freshman year, but I probably didn't take it as seriously. But sophomore year was the year. Um, I, I remember the kind of the reason I did it was Coach Cal at the beginning of the year. You know, we have these – we got Anthony Davis coming in, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Kyle Wilcher, who you just mentioned, and then uh, Marcus Teague. But there's just – I think it was just those four that year. So mm -hmm. we were really low on numbers. I remember Coach Cal telling me at the beginning of the season – He's like, hey, man, uh, you might actually have to place place the minutes this year. Like, you, you're the backup point guard because we don't like we don't really have another backup point guard. So I was like, oh, shoot, I've, yeah. I've, I've been kind of getting content just <laughs> being the victory cigar, riding riding the bench, <laughs> but reaping all the benefits. <laughs> like, I better I better get serious about this. And then, um, yeah, so that was before sophomore year, and that's that's when we started. Maybe not like at that exact moment, but. Um, Kyle was in, kind of in the same boat where he wasn't getting a ton of playing time early on. And I, and I had just heard that from Cal and then literally didn't get any playing time. So I was like, crap, I need to really, I need to really start focusing. So yeah, me and Kyle, basically what we did was just ask coach KP uh, like, Hey, can you give us an hour before practice mm -hmm. starts every day? Um, and looking back, man, that was, probably should probably shouldn't have asked KP because he was a killer. Like I love KP. If you ask anybody in Kentucky <laughs> basketball, that's been around KP. Like he is the player's coach. Everybody loves him to this day, but he, he goes hard on workouts. Like his is not as much tactical and technical as just, I'm going to run you into the ground with different drills. And so we would literally do an hour of drills before practice, like be completely exhausted, drenched in sweat, like have to go change into different gear for practice. Yeah. And we just started doing that every single day. Um, but it was really good for both of us. I think that was, I mean, Kyle, I know, had come from more of a workout background. But I think it was good for us to just establish that work ethic outside of practice. Um, and I don't even know if it made us, like, that much better in the game of basketball. But I think it was our mindset. And that's what Coach Cal always preached. Like, I'm not here to, I'm not here to instill confidence in you. Like, you, you got to go build your own confidence. And that's, that's getting in the gym. And so that was the first time I know for me, I can't speak for Kyle, but that was the first time for me. Like I, I had to build my own confidence. I had to realize like I could actually compete and maybe even play a little bit. So. Yeah. So even though you said it, it may not have been as like, it may not have translated to the court, but did it like, did you, did you see a difference in the way you played by, by doing those workouts? Yeah, I, I did. I, I shouldn't really say what, like it, there was some technical stuff, I, but I honestly think it was more, it was more mental, but I think the game of basketball, I mean, you know, this, there, there's skill involved, but just being confident in yourself yeah, kind of separates, I think, the good players from the great players. It's just like, you've got to have confidence. If you go out and play non-confident, you could be a great basketball player, but look terrible if you don't have it. So I think that was big for me. And even like Coach Cal noticed, he, he mentioned me and Kyle a lot during that season, like, man, they're getting in the gym, like they're, they're bringing the confidence. Um, I, I still didn't play in, at all that year, um, but I think that helped me in junior year and senior year being able to do that sophomore year and kind of instilling that confidence in me. Yeah. <clears throat> this next question I'm going to ask, I'm, I'm kind of afraid to ask it, but <laughs> but I think it's uh, 
right, I'm, I'm just going to ask it. So just ask it. let me set it up. So in seventh grade, I played football in middle school and we won the championship. But I remember I didn't play as much as I usually did in that game. And even though we still won, there was some slight disappointment in me that I didn't really contribute to the championship. Yep. And so even though I was happy, I was like disappointed. So you live, you really lived a whole bunch of dreams at UK, right? So like you, you went to UK as a basketball player, went to three final fours and won the championship. The question I want to ask is even as great as that moment was, was there any slight like disappointed disappointment or like feeling of like, man, I really didn't like, because you didn't play in the game, you know what I mean? Like, say it, Cam. <laughs> Just say it. I understand. Yeah. The answer is yes, because I'm a selfish human, and I think we all are to an extent. Yeah. Uh, like the championship, for instance, that amazing experience, something I'll never forget. Uh, but as I don't know if it's it's definitely some selfishness, but just like as a competitor, you want, or maybe I don't, I don't know what it is. You like you want to make a difference and like you can tell yourself oh, I made them a better in practice and I was a good practice dummy and I was a yeah. part of it like it, and that's sort of true maybe not but I, I definitely would have loved to have been a contributor on the championship team for sure um so yeah your your question is is valid I think I think that's probably true with any sports team when you're like there's you, you want to see the team win but you also in the back of your mind you want to you want to be a part of that success in a tangible way so yeah 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 that's awesome but then you but then the next year the next season you did experience some success because you got the it was almost like your time was had finally arrived where you got to play a lot more and really that moment was like that Maryland game where you were like a viral sensation and like (laughs) came out of nowhere they didn't know who you were you know the Maryland coach is like who's Jared Polson and like you know you um you ripped the ball away from that one point guard. I, I forget his name, but he was a strong dude. I mean, he was like 230 John pounds. Howard. Yeah, and you just ripped the ball away from him. And, you know, and I remember, like, we were watching the game at your parents' house, and everyone was going crazy. Twitter was going crazy. Like, yeah. what did what did that moment feel like, especially knowing that you had put in all that work the year before, you know, coming off the championship? Um, what did what did that moment feel like? It uh, It did feel pretty good, but I think you're right, like, the the work that you put in finally like culminating in something that's tangible was very like it was bigger than just that moment it was like man I actually put in put in some work and all this work has finally paid off um so yeah that was that was a cool moment because you know my dream was to play for Kentucky it wasn't to it wasn't to sit the bench for Kentucky (laughs) not that I was I don't want to sound like (laughs) whatever but yeah you know, there's a difference between getting to play and just going out your first time ever playing, like playing pretty well and uh, winning, winning the game at the end. Um, that was a cool, that was a very cool experience for for sure. Uh, Cause I remember like, yeah, just getting crazy amount of texts and Facebook and tweets and they tell you not to look at Twitter, but I had to look at Twitter after that. Game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to get all the, the notifications, but it was, yeah, it was a culmination of a lot of prior things. So it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, over, over the course of your UK career, it was fun to, to know you and watch a lot of the games and um, you know, three final fours in, in four years. And even like, some of the pictures that you got to take, I know, I know I send them to you from time to time where like you took a picture with like Drake and Jay-Z and yeah. um, I think LeBron was on campus a couple of times. And so I feel like your period at UK, like kind of when Kyle first got there, it was like this rock star thing where there's like all these random celebrities were always at the game for some reason. Yep. I don't feel like I see that anymore, but even like, even as a small County kid, like what was that like seeing just like these random celebrities like pop up in the locker room? <laughs> Like you got Jay-Z, you got Jay-Z walking in the locker room after the well, game. That's a, that's a whole story. He walked in the locker room. This is going to make me sound really stupid. I didn't know who Jay-Z was. And literally this guy walks in with like a hat and uh, sunglasses and everyone's going nuts. Like all the teammates are going nuts. I'm like, this guy must be famous or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> later I like have to Google like, oh, that's Jay-Z. 
Oh, I know goodness. JD. I, yeah. But yeah, like it, it, it was kind of crazy because like we one time like these security guards came into our locker room just at the Joe Craft, like we're all changing for practice and Bill Clinton walks in. <laughs> Bill Clinton, like <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Condoleezza Rice, like all these random, random people. Then, you know, the lockout happened during those, those years, I think in the summer of my sophomore year. So we had like yep. the Anthony Davis crew and then yeah, LeBron James, I played pickup with LeBron James. I got to garden who like, that's, that's me and your favorite player. It was, yeah. it was just wild. You, <laughs> Russell Westbrook's just chilling in the weight room, doing doing leg press, and Kevin Durant's here playing pickup. Like, wow, where am I? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because I still like Drake. And Drake. I, I don't. I don't think he was there during your Midnight Madness, but I still have that picture that I send to people all the time of him just like looking up in the stands as he's in the warm-ups line at yep. Big Blue Madness. It's like, why is Drake in a warm-up line at Kentucky <laughs> shooting layups with a team? <laughs> this is like, what is so what is it? Yeah. I mean that but that but that had to be like also a, a recruiting thing where like, hey, come here, not only will you get to the NBA, but like you're gonna have all these like high profile people know you and pop in from yep. time to time. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It, yeah, I think it was definitely recruiting. And you're right. It was, yeah, those four, really Cal's first five years, I feel like was just paparazzi, like <laughs> everywhere we went, like fans, media, world, World Wide West was around. <laughs> we won't, we won't go into that because I don't know anything about, <laughs> I just know he was around a lot. Uh, Jay-Z in so one were, song said, shout out the World Wide West. Exactly. He's a big deal. I still don't, I, I still don't know the full scope of things, but I know he was around a lot. Uh, it just felt, yeah, it felt like, like obviously not me, but there was just a lot of stardom on those, those teams early on. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Would you, would you say like your UK experience was just a pure whirlwind? <laughs> It's like, because it seems like as you're talking, like so much of it can just be a blur. You know what I'm saying? This is like a lot going on all the time. It seemed like it really was. And you, and you know me well. My memory is so bad. And I, and I was telling Ariel this. Uh, I feel like my memory started going bad during college, <laughs> and it was like, nope, not not alcohol, like none of that, none of that related. But just like, I don't. From college on, my memories are just very faded. And I think it might just be because there was so much stimulation, like so much, yeah. so many nerves, so like so many emotions and feelings in those four years. Uh, I don't know the science behind it, but I really wish I would have taken a journal because I know there's so many stories that I just completely forget. And everything does seem like a blur, like, you know, playing pickup against LeBron. I remember I remember I guarded him, but it was it's a very like vague memory. I don't really remember it vividly. I just know it happened. Uh, yeah. and a lot of a lot of the same memories are the same way like I remember them happening but not very vividly <laughs> yeah um w one question I have for you is like so you you got to play on the team with many NBA players you know and a lot of them had they have varying careers in the NBA like you know you have Anthony Davis it's a mega superstar but then you also play with some guys that went second round and maybe you know didn't make it in the league whatever yeah. what do you think like separates and you mentioned it earlier about like the mindset and the confidence but even outside mm -hmm. of that like what do you think separates you know that level of talent from like the good to the great and it can be a couple yeah. Of things yeah that's a good I mean I do I, we we already talked about it but confidence like your own your own confidence is a huge one you don't you can't get it from anybody else which I <laughs> I do that a lot. I get comments from other people, but like you can always tell the people that just don't, they don't need anyone telling them they're good. They're like, I know, I know I'm yeah. good. I'm going to get there. And I think those guys were always, you know, made it in the, the league. Um, I mean, I think, I do think work ethic to an extent, um, like the guys that were in the gym more seemed like had a correlation of making it in the league. And then, I mean, me and you talk about this a lot, like just, finding your role, finding your niche, man, the more, more and more the NBA is not, can you be the best all around player? It's, can you be the best 
this person. We need we need a three point shooter. We need a three and D guy. We need a this this certain thing. And so I think you know guys that you you don't think will ever make like a Michael Mulder. He can he can shoot the three like you and me might be able to beat him one on one if we really tried. But this dude can play defense and shoot the three. So I I think that's really nowadays what people or what kind of separates and what keeps you in the league is you can't just be an all around like decent at everything. You've got to be great or excel at like one or two things. Um, yeah. Which is my problem. That's why I'm not in the NBA. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm average at a lot of things in basketball. I don't have any I don't have any excel qualities. Uh you said a very interesting thing that I that I wanted that I wanted to ask. Um so you mentioned, you know, beating someone one on one. And you know that I'm a borderline crazy, crazy person. Like there's, there's times where I've texted you as we're watching <laughs> NBA games and be like, you know, this NBA player, I don't see any way that he can score on me. <laughs> I'm sitting on my at couch. At this point, I think, I think you might in your head be able to beat half of the NBA players in one-on-one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he, I'm on my couch. He's playing in the NBA, but in my mind, I don't see any way that he can score on me. Right. So, I wanted to ask you this question of like, you know, people see you, they see Jared, you know, they think, oh, he doesn't play a lot. So I know I can beat him. Can you, can, ha, have you ever walked into the Johnson center and just handed out buckets? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did not. I did actually a few times in college, not, not a ton. I know that was a big spot for a lot of the UK guys to go to go get some confidence at the, the Johnson Center. <laughs> go get some confidence. I do, <laughs> go get some confidence. That's where you go. Uh, I did that a couple of times, and I think, yeah, some people are like, oh, you can actually play. Because, yeah. like, you play at UK, and so you – on one hand, the people that don't really know basketball are like, oh, you play at UK, you're really good. And then on the other hand, the actual hoopers that play basketball, like yourself, like, yeah, he's a walk-on, so I can give him a bucket. <laughs> right. <laughs> so not a ton, but even, like, after – you know, college playing in church leagues and stuff uh, was fun to actually like get back into high school mode where you could kind of dominate and score pretty easy. Um, I didn't, I don't do it a lot and now I'm too old to do it. So once we, once we find a Gus Macker three on three, me and you can go, go give some buckets to some unsuspecting people. Yeah. When we, when we graduated and we're playing in a few men's leagues, um, I remember like guys were just, it always seemed like they were just like trying to go at you. You know what I'm saying? Like yes, they were just trying to, they were just trying to test themselves just to say like, I gave Jared Polson buckets. <laughs> I swear I'm, I'm the bar. And I'm like, guys, if I'm the bar, sorry, like, you, you gotta go. <laughs> I'm just chilling now. So yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah. People, With, people do. And then after you finish UK, you write a book. What what went into your process of writing the book and um, kind of your kind of your heart behind it? I read it, I loved it, but I want to hear from your experience. Like what did what went yeah. into the book and why you wanted to do it? Yeah. Um, so kind of kind of short story. I know we we did a lot of basketball stories, but uh, like the the faith in Jesus part was also the whole other side of the story in in college. Like there were a lot of tough times in college and even like, you know, in sports, sports can be very rewarding, but also very depressing at times because you can kind of put your whole identity into how you're playing or, you know, what role you have on the team. Um, so for me, it was just like the, the book kind of the premise was, you know, I got to live out my childhood dream that I had dreamed of since I was in diapers. And while it was a great experience and I'm like thankful for it, it didn't bring me that ultimate joy that I thought it would like, again, really happy, had a great experience, but there was still like some, it, it didn't give me everything that gave me joy and happiness. And that only comes, you know, in my view from, from having a relationship with Jesus. And so that was, that was the book it's called living beyond the dream is, you know, we can, we can strive and we can work as hard as we want at, you know, achieving all these American dreams that we have for ourselves. But if we think that's going to bring joy and happiness, if we think like if we can just make it here, that's where we're going to get happiness from. It's just not going to work out. Um, so that that was that was the book. I mean, the book has a lot of funny stories and all that good stuff. But that was why I chose to to write it. 
Yeah. What in, in what way did you cultivate your faith while you were at UK? Like, how did you stay grounded in it in the midst of like chaos and, you know, the whole <laughs> whirlwind and all the success and everything? You know, how, yeah. how, how did you still build upon your faith in, in college? Yeah, um, a lot of different things. Yeah. Co- college is just a weird time in general. Me and me and Ariel, my wife, call it. Uh, we have a word for it. Utter delusion. <laughs> Yeah, utter utter delusion. I don't know if I've told you that, but like, just being in college, you especially if you're playing sports, you just think you're way cooler than you are. And I think that's that's the case for every college person. Like, you just for away from home for the first time, you're just kind of in this weird delusion spot. But there's some good parts. Like, so I I really grew my faith at Christian Student Fellowship. It was a campus ministry on campus that I got plugged into. Got into small groups and all that good stuff. Like, met some mentors and people that just helped me walk with Jesus in a, in a way that I had never seen before. Um, so that, that was huge. I don't, I don't know what would have happened if I didn't have CSF and those guys that I met to, you know, you can say, keep, keep, keep you grounded, but just like, man, show you a different way of life and how to find joy in ways that, you know, the world will not show you. Yeah. People are probably going to, uh, hate hearing me keep talking about my experience at, experience at uh, junior college. But speaking of delusion, I used to wake up in the morning and like wrap a t-shirt around my head, like a turban and wear sunglasses around campus, like everywhere I went. And I, I mean, looking back, I know I looked like a total idiot, but. I, <laughs> same. I, I tell Arab like every day to class, I would wear a snapback backwards, like like these baggy, like just, I thought I was so cool. And I was just like, if I would have seen myself now, I just been like, you're an idiot. Yeah. I, and I, and then I used to take like selfies on a, on a laptop because back then, like the phones weren't front facing. So I would like yep. be on my laptop, like taking selfies and recording like dance videos and, you know, like 18, yep. 19 year old, just, Oh yeah. Cause you, <laughs> you used to do those Goonies things. In- I'm telling you utter delusion. Those, those two words describe oh, to a T. I totally forgot about that part of your life where you Kyle and Willie Colley Stein, just like dancing in McDonald's parking lot. <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> Call me back two. in a year. Call part me back two. in a year. Part two. And yeah. Oh, so <laughs> as, as, as we wrap up the basketball part, <clears throat> and I want to respect your time, but how, how do you try to give back to like the younger, you know, generation as it relates to, you know, basketball or like, do you offer advice to any younger, younger kids playing the game? Yes. I, I actually did a lot of work right out of college, like worked a lot of kids out. Ironically enough, since I never did when I was young, uh, I did. A lot of, <laughs> I started to work kids out. Um, like I, every, and, and I've, actually had a cool opportunity to just speak to a lot of like kids in elementary schools, do different basketball camps still to this day. Um, and honestly, I, I tell them kind of what I just said about like the book, you know, I I'm all for hard work, work ethic, like finding going after your dreams. Um, but, but there is more to life. Like I think basketball could teach you a lot of good lessons and it could prepare you for life. And I love basketball. It's a great sport. Um, but if you ever idolize something like basketball over, you know, your true identity, who you really are, no matter what you do, no matter how much success you have, it's not going to, it's not going to give you that fulfillment that you that you think it's going to give. Um, so man, that's been my message to a lot of pretty much every group I get to talk to school, church, you name it. That's, that's my message. Yeah. One of you, so one of your biggest lessons I'm, I'm hearing from you is, you know, even though you you can have a dream, but sometimes achieving that dream doesn't always bring you that that fulfillment that you that, that you think it will. Um, what is another you know maybe lesson that you've learned from basketball that you apply to life as a you know husband, father, um, businessman, yeah. community, you know, advocate, etc. Shoot, how much time do we have? I feel like there's so, there's so many lessons that come from really sports in general, but basketball, like just learning how to be on a team, I think is huge. Uh, Like finding your role, finding how you can help 
a team win. And sometimes that requires like being humble enough to know you're not going to be the star on a team. And that, that that's in sports, but that's in life as well. Like you're not always going to be the top person. You, you got to find ways to fit in and uh, contribute. Um, I think another thing, especially if you've had like a hard coach, is just like how to take criticism. A lot of people don't know how yeah. to take like they you just crumble. And I, I mean, I don't think any of us are good at taking criticism. But if you've had coaches in the past, like Coach Cal, I'm like, I could handle him for four years. I love the guy, and he he did awesome. Like I'm very thankful for him. But he's a tough he's a tough guy. Like if if you can take Coach Cal yelling at you and telling you all kinds of things, like I'm not really much intimidated by any businessman or or anybody else <laughs> yeah. like a boss or anything like that. I think just being able to take criticism, like hearing hearing the words someone is telling you, and not kind of how they how they say it, is big. Um, shoot, all kind of, like just being responsible. I think sports just gives even at a young age gives you a chance to be more responsible. Like take 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 your actions like for what they are, and you know be on time to things, work hard at something, try to try to achieve a goal. Uh, yeah. I, if I if I had more time, I could say a ton of lessons. But yeah, I think basketball man, it it gives a lot of lessons and helps you through life. Yeah, this is then this would be the last question that I ask. And um, you said something earlier as related to UK about never thought about the possibility, right? So you know, you were a kid that went to West Jess playing in you know just a kid playing in the Southland leagues, playing with his brothers, just having fun with the game, right? And yep. you turn out to be, you know, a guy that played at UK three Final Fours in four years. Write a book, like you have a street named after you in Wilmore, Polson Way. You have like a court, you know, it's it's the Polson Court down there. You got your jersey retired at at, at your high school. You know what I mean? You have a beautiful family. Can you talk about how like? And I, I'm trying to I'm trying to pros I'm trying to you know, set this question up right, but can you talk about just how like enjoying the process or just like falling in love with something and not really worrying about like the outcomes? Cause I, cause I feel like in my personal life, like whenever I've started something, I'm so focused on the outcome that I don't like just enjoy and fall in love with it. And I, I feel like that's why, like, I didn't go D1. It's like, I was so obsessed with it that like once I, I like, I was so obsessed that I let it slip away if that makes sense. But like for yeah. you, you just like fell in love with the game and like all these things just kind of like fell in place. So like I yeah. think for like, you know, a young person or someone that's starting their career or whatever, just like can you speak on just like falling in, in love with something and just letting the chips fall as they may? Oof, man, that is a loaded question, Cam. <laughs> that is a very low because because I uh, if Ariel listens to this, she'll laugh at me because I, I see both sides. I, I'm a big see both sides first because. Like I, I do agree in one sense that especially leading up to college, me not, you know, being crazy focused on getting somewhere, like getting to this level or something, it did help alleviate the pressure and did help me enjoy it more. Like, man, the first time I really started to not enjoy basketball as much was college because it became more like, man, I got to do this. I've got to make it to this level. Um, but at the same time, I think you grow – like the only time you grow is when you're uncomfortable and when you are trying to achieve something. Um, so that was a roundabout way of saying, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> that question. I think there's a little bit of both. I think you can't put too much, too much thought or like too much, too many eggs into like one basket. Yeah. Um, but I also think like my story is probably an anomaly of like not, <laughs> not caring as much like just go ho ha like yeah I just feel kind of blessed the way it, the way it all worked out um but that's not to say you, you can't find things to work hard at and and go for them because I think that's important too so yeah yeah, so yeah there's, I, yeah, I butchered there's, that but uh yeah I don't know the yeah. answer yeah because there's a I mean there's there, there's a balance right because I like in high school you know as I'm playing in Bryan Station and you got like Shelvin going to Butler, other friends going to, you know, EKU, Charles played at Coastal. And then I'm yeah. feeling like, you know, oh, if I have a bad game, I just blew my opportunity. You know, we yeah. have college coaches in the gym 
yeah, and I missed my first shot. Oh, I just, I just blew it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're so obsessed with it that like, it just consumes you. And so any, it's hard to bounce back from mistakes, but when you like, cause like, even through your process, you were just kind of like naive, you know what I'm saying? You're just like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're just <laughs> like, you didn't know what you didn't know, but like, that's what made the story beautiful is that like all these things just fell into place. And like, it kind of reminds me when, um, Michael Jordan had a basketball camp and he was like, you know, a parent asked, asked me like, what should my 12 year old son be doing right now? Basketball wise. And Jordan's yeah. like, when I was 12, I was playing baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like, stop putting all this pressure on yourself. Like, you know, yeah, there's going to be times where you have a bad game. You're going to have a bad job interview. You're not going to close that sale. You know, you might have a hard day with the wife, but like, I, I think there's a part of like falling in love with a process and like, I don't know. Yep. I'm just, I'm just rambling, but oh, I hear you. I'm on, I'm on to it. Let me, let me think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a part two, but we'll talk um, offline. Yeah. But hey, I, I appreciate your time. Um, uh, appreciate you as a brother-in-law, friend, family, etc. Um, So yeah. Thanks man for being on this podcast with me. This was fun. Love it. I'm a subscriber. <laughs> appreciate it, man. See you soon. All right.